Visit us at podlanderpresents.com to find information on all of our shows. Okay, now it's recording. So now we're back. That was Should weird. we just start over? Yeah, just let's begin. I have the fake can sound, so no worries. I can't believe you're lying to your listeners like this. <laughs> I'm canceling my Patreon. <laughs> Welcome to Podland Drug House and Outlander Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. And that's Ruth. Hi. Hey, Ruth. Um, this is take two. Uh, so that's how that's how things are going. How mm-hmm. we started, how it's going. Um, Ruth is here with us both because she is a person who, like us, cares a lot about costume design and um, and has wonderful thoughts about the costumes of Outlander, but also because we just recorded the third episode, our episode on the third episode of Karen Peary for Girls Just Want to Solve Crimes. So if you want to listen to us talk about crimes being solved... Which uh, Ruth solved all on her own. <laughs> I love to solve crime. That's yep. the name of the show. You just wanna. She, I just wanna. She solved it without actually watching the show, mm-hmm. um, which is really quite an accomplishment. Um, you can do that over on that feed. But now, no, we're talking about costumes. Yeah, yeah. Outlander season seven, A, the first half of season seven. Episodes one through eight. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to talk more about costumes when we do our live show on September 30. Please come at the Oasis um, starting at 11.59 a.m. because it's not even noon. But please don't show up too much earlier than that because the, we can't bar, let you in. the bar doesn't actually <laughs> open until noon. So it's just for the bit. Um, uh, we are calling it uh, Drunk Cast Live the Musical wow. because we are doing, we're going to try to do more than usual musical bits, but that's not why. It's because uh, we are being joined by uh, a KJ. And after we do the live show, uh, we'll do a couple hours of Drunk Cast karaoke. So please come sing some songs or don't and just hang out. Um, there will be bits. Definitely. Will you be mad if everyone sings the Skyboat song? At karaoke? No, I think that would be the most fucking hilarious thing I'd ever heard. Just no, up next. Every single. Up next, Ruth, the Irish Hammer, singing, surprise, the Skyboat song. And in the style of Outlander. <laughs> After that, who's who's up next? Oh, it's Kiki the Wise singing the, the Skyboat Sky song. <laughs> uh, next is Jenna Polkowski singing, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> Um, anyway, you should come join us. We will talk more about costumes in the live show as we always do. Um, but we were so into some of the costumes this season that we wanted to make sure that we gave them a little bit extra juice. So, um, we're each going to talk about some of our favorite, uh, either complete looks or individual costume pieces from this season. Um, as well as some, some love for season seven blue. Yeah, man. Because, man, I really love that season seven blue. I have a theory about I have, it. Oh, I have a theory about it, too. What's ooh, your theory? I want your theory first. Okay, my theory is it's indigo. Because I think that's like a that's like a new world plant that would have been... Oh. I should have done a Google about this, because last time you talked about season seven blue on the podcast, I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's indigo. But I did not Google it, so... That's interesting. Mm. And makes total sense. I love that theory. What's your theory? My theory is that we see so much of that color in the big house pre-burning and then see a ton of it in Lally Brock post-burning. Mm-hmm. And so I just have sort of shifted like the place that is home mm. from oh. the big house to Lally Brock because the, the Frasers are on the road. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, good. So that was sort of my oh, thought. Oh, that's but a great then, point. But then home is just always where the heart is, right? Oh, Which yeah. is why so many of them are wearing season seven blue in yeah. both timelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's my theory. Julie, do you have a theory? Uh, I have a theory, and that's that that color fucking rules, because as you can see, I use yeah. it in all of my decorating. It looks like good. <laughs> okay, important question. Did you set out to quote Gaston, no. or do you realize it after the fact? As I was saying it, I was like, that's what Gaston says about antlers in okay. my favorite line of Beauty and the Beast. Now you're in a Gaston, but earlier today, Julie tried to limit us to one egg. <laughs> Not five dozen. Uh, for that, you'll need to listen to Karen Peary, episode three. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, I but love it's a great that channel. color. I love the teal. I have a, I got a couch that's a, that is that color. Like yeah. my entire living room is kind of built around that color. The, when we were it. watching episode eight, uh, I wore season seven blue and the color of Julie's dining room. Season seven blue on top, the color of Julie's dining room on bottom. Mm-hmm. It was... Um, unintentional but pretty righteous yeah that sounds great (laughs) um yeah i just i can't remember the show ever having a color story that's quite that consistent no like there were lots of obviously the the visual elements of the story have always been great and the the time in paris in particular was like really they were firing in all cylinders but um you know other than those coats which hardly counts no uh i feel like we don't usually get a color that's not the Fraser Tartan colors. Or like, uh, that's a team color, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, like it's laced um, through the whole season, through both timelines. Very cool. What was the, what was Hank's wife's name in Breaking Bad and the purple? Remember purple and her thing? Is she Marie? Yes, Marie's yeah. purple. It felt a little bit like that. Like they were intentionally using it as part of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciated that. And it was just fun. I felt like... Um, the meme of Leonardo DiCaprio once upon a time in Hollywood pointing at the TV every time I saw mm-hmm. that blue. Yeah. Just like, there it is again. That's it. Season seven blue. That's it. Um, and they all look great in it. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just that. Maybe they just figured out there's a color that everybody in the show looks great yeah. in. Mm-hmm. And they all also look great while covered in blood. So there's that. They've got that going for them too. Um, all right. Let's talk about a couple of the individual pieces. Julie, okay. you pick first. Pick a costume or costume element that you would like to discuss. I am obsessed with Dr. Denzel's pinafore slash apron. Ruth gave me the word to use, pinafore. I had never thought of that. But it, as we were saying, when I think of a pinafore, I think of like a young girl, like an apron, mm. two buttons. This one has that really interesting one button in the middle of the chest with the peaked shape. And I'm wondering what the... Like, what's its function? I know it's supposed to... It's for blood, right? Because mm-hmm. he's a doctor. But, like, how did this come to be? How did this shape come to be? Does it increase its um, usefulness somehow? Does Denzel have nothing but shirts with a button right in the middle of the chest? Well, I think they are all wearing, like, button-up shirts all the time. Mm, so he would um, already so, have a button Yeah, so there. I wonder if it's, like, just practical. Like, you already have a button. You only have to make one new buttonhole on your sheet. Fascinating. And but easy it, to make because it's just a yeah, big square. But it looks great. It, it looks, looks so cool. It looks really because cool. Because his clothes are darker colors, like his jackets, and, and he wears a darker vest, like mm. a kind of dark gray or black vest all the time, Quaker style. Yeah. But then he's got this really severe triangle shape of the white pinafore coming down from the middle, and then you'll see him later with that cool flat brim hat, and somehow those two shapes kind of feel of a piece somehow, like they... It, it, it's it's unlike anybody else on the show. Yeah, it's really geometric. It's really striking, and nobody else has that. You're yeah, right. I loved it, and uh, I every time I see him in the hat, I get even more excited about it. So I, 
there's a lot of great costuming this season, but I was particularly taken by Dr. Denzel. Yeah, I, um, I've been sitting over here Googling, trying to see if I can find any reference that they might have used, and um, I'm coming up short. I'm sure they do have an inspiration from somewhere, but mm-hmm. it was really cool. The shape is really cool. I also like the, um, the sharpness of those lines offset of the roundness of his hat mm-hmm. and the really flat brim. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And also, he's just very, like that actor is just very elegant. Like He moves yes. really elegantly. Um, Joey Phillips is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something like almost graceful about it all those clean lines. Reminds me a little bit, as opposed to Claire's all rumpled, of Claire's monk costume in season six. Oh yeah, mm. with the geometric shape and like the kind of like you you could almost imagine it cut out two dimensional style in like a children's book with like contact paper. Yeah, right, like very clean lines, very mm-hmm. geometric. And so I, it's a, it's kind of a weird callback to me to Claire's monk costume, which is maybe one of my favorite of the show forever. Oh yeah, from beginning. Which mm-hmm. you're still seeing some some elements of that aesthetic in how she looks throughout this mm-hmm. season, even though it's not anywhere near as striking. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Doctor Denzel for me. Yeah. Good job, costumers. Really, really great choice. What about you, Ruth? Okay, so my first one is the scene where. Bree and Roger are about to go back through the dick rocks. Um, you guys have talked about how they're going to blend in in the future as part of a cult. Um, and I just, I was like so surprised that they were in sort of regular, like revolutionary times clothes because care t- Claire took like such care to do her Batman costume when she knew she was going to go back to the past. And I'm like, you don't want to make her like a, like a shift dress or something like that could pass that for could 1969 pass a or whatever. Better. And cause in that scene, Claire is wearing this, jacket that I loved so much but it looks like a jean jacket it looks like Levi's like it's in that blue and it's just like a very like very buttoned up very like collar um and a lot of like like strong seams Mm -hmm. um and I'm like why don't you like switch jackets with her like yeah that could blend in um but I really liked (laughs) the jacket that Clara's wearing in that scene that's a good jacket Mm -hmm. um that is let's let me pull up a picture of that one just to refresh us I um and to me, it looked just like so much more modern too yes. than what Brie was wearing. I just thought it was really strange that they didn't change at all either. Like yeah. it just as it was because that had been such a thing when Claire came back. Totally. Do you think they had clothes in their bag for when they landed at whatever modern Dick Rock it was, so that they could just change right there? Maybe because didn't they had they were carrying something with them, weren't they? Or was it just the kids? I can't remember. Did they have a bag with them? Yeah, it just seems strange that like they didn't explicitly address it yeah like it wasn't chatted about after we watched the so many of those batman scenes Mm -hmm. no they have nothing there is no bag i'm like what are they doing about money when they get there musket balls bitch (laughs) just stopping at a gas station like hey i have this gold (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, no they don't have anything i mean they cut roger's hair yeah so there's that. And he could maybe pass, maybe, if he took off his hat. Took off the belt, took off the tri-corner, took off the belt, maybe. Yeah, that's like like trench coat vibes. Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty. And if Bree took off her coat, maybe she could, too? Maybe? I don't know. That's a long-ass skirt. But, you know, prairie shit was kind of hot back then. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, however, the kid, Jim, no. No. <laughs> no. Jim is screwed. Is that an ass gun? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to get Colonial Williamsburg. Okay. That is a great first pick. What should my first pick be um, before we do another round? I'm going to go with Claire's uh, war surgeon blouse. Um, when she's captured at Fort Ticonderoga with the flowers on it. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't, uh, we were talking about this as we were reviewing to do the podcast. There aren't a ton of patterns that aren't plaid mm-hmm. on the show. Certainly not since France, right? In France, we had a lot of big florals and things, but this is, it's just, first of all, it looks incredibly comfortable. Yeah. Um, I'd like, it's like, I want to walk around my house in the summer wearing that like mm-hmm. linen life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, is just so like it's menswear influenced, like her monk costume. Um, there's just something very modern about it and vaguely clinical about it. I don't know if that's because of the color or it, it makes her look like a doctor. Mm, it does, <laughs> for lack yeah. of a better term. A lot of her stuff this year has had elements that call to mind, like surgical coats and gowns and mm. cuts and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not a floral. They're like little sort of square starbursts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, it's also got like the collar feels like if she was in the forties, like if she yeah. had gone back in time wearing that blouse, that yeah. would not have been surprising to mm-hmm. me. I also love the detail that they have here, uh, of the wrinkles up the arm. Like she's yeah. obviously been wearing this a lot, rolling the sleeves a lot, doing a lot of action. Yeah. 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 With her hair all tied back. I love that hair tie. I love the way they use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that it lo- looks both like intentional, like she did this on purpose to n- not only pull her hair back from her face, but to tie her ponytail back in th- with the same piece of fabric. But it also looks like both she just threw it on there and also that somebody like meticulously laid it. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Like there's one curl that comes out in the back and I'm like, kill me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Picturesque, but also totally cash. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, while we're on that subject, I'll also mention she's got, um, a blouse that looks kind of buttons up the side, kind of like a lab coat, Mm -hmm. like, like that's also for scientist Barbie. Um, I really like that one too. Uh, and Claire has also had some amazing jackets this Mm -hmm. season. So like Claire's top level, there's Mm -hmm. a quilted jacket. There's the indigo jacket you mentioned, um, there's a vest that she wears in our fake out hanging scene. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which does not seem like that would have been particularly common. That definitely looked like menswear. To it me. did. Yeah. It reminded me of the costume that I wore when I played Festy in 12th night. Yeah. Cause a little like peplum coming a out waistcoat. of the, yes, a little peplum coming out to make you go, okay, I see how this can be both menswear or women's wear. Like, mm-hmm. but obviously not real normal for that time. I was thinking about it when you showed the photo. I was like, people don't just immediately look at her in that thing and go, which, <laughs> Oh, I guess they do. <laughs> All right. Uh, Julie, what about you? Second pick. Second pick. Okay. So first was Dr. Denzel. Oh, well, I mean, let's, I've been saying it the whole season, Ian, mm. Wien's costume is without a doubt the most beautiful, the most interesting. Do you interesting. want to talk about both of them or do you want to talk about the red one specifically? The red one specifically, because that when that red vest. shirt, popped up and I don't even remember what episode it was that the red shirt appeared, but it is just, it's almost like a pirate feel like there's because the blouse, the red shirt has kind of a blousey sleeve on mm-hmm. it. And he's got the cuff on one arm and it's, 
So early in the season, he's still wearing the like herringbone coat with that lighter striped shirt. When they're still at the ridge, right? Um, this is from when they're doing the great Claire Caper first edition <laughs> of. Um, oh, where of she leaves season. the group. <laughs> yeah, where she's. Uh, no, where um, she was on the boat. Mm, this is mm-hmm. pre mm. Brian Roger leaving. Right. Then. Uh, she still got that. I think that's the conversation where they talk about why he couldn't have kids if it was him, if it could possibly mm-hmm. be him. That is still the herringbone and the lighter leather. Um, so I think it's after our time. Oh, and it's still herringbone when he's when the house burns down. Okay. So that one survives the fire at least. So maybe this is his summer look. It's for Willem and William and e- Wean's woad twip. Mm-hmm. He's also got the herringbone. Oh, so he's still got the older costume on. Yeah, it's um with the blues and greens this mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe it's after he gets back from the village. But let's see it. Here we go. Oh, it's the what he wears when he meets his kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's also a darker version of that vest. God, also the actor they have playing that kid. But look at that belt. Look at the cuff was also with the herringbone. So yeah, maybe this is just his summer look. Mm-hmm. I just the love that rings shirt. on the collar. Oh my are god, so the vest, cool. that leather vest. Yes, everything about all of his costumes has always been oh, so beautiful and considered look. to me. Like I don't know, it just. There, we got to look at the front. Beautiful to look at. And thinking, once again, about reusing all of those pieces. Like, Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the cuff is the same. The knife is the same. Um, I'm not sure about the belt because we couldn't really see what was under the coat ever. But the leggings look like they might be the same. But it's mm-hmm. a new vest mm-hmm. and a new shirt. shirt. Um, but I love that cuff. Yeah, the silver cuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very is it cool. above or below his elbow? It's above his elbow, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's another good shot from the front yeah like gosh that costume just look at how beautiful it is there's so much well, going he's got on all of these beads but he's also got that big crucifix it's just texturally speaking uh so interesting there's so many things that you just want to reach out and see what they feel like and yeah. it's very textural and just beautiful well and you know what he had this obviously life-changing experience for himself and then came back and was like I'm back, but I found my look and I'm sticking with it. Yeah. You know, he could have gone entirely back to dressing the way that Jamie does. Um, but you know, with face tats. Yeah. <laughs> but he could have grown his hair back, you know, and mm-hmm. he didn't. And I, um, I find that very cool. Mm-hmm. So that's me. We in forever. Yeah. Here's one more. Here's his character portrait. He's just so handsome. Well, and there's the paint, the paint that he wears when he's fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, You'll see this in the finale. Ruth still has to watch the last two episodes, mm-hmm. but it's like red, like just red paint all over his face. It's extremely cool and also mm-hmm. terrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Okay. What about you? What's your second piece you want to talk about? Okay. My second piece is the the little knits, uh, the mitts, the like hand warmers that Claire wears. Um, they have this really nice diamond pattern. I 
I think I'm on record about this. My hot take is I have beef with a lot of the knitwear in this show where I think it's like always like two coarse. It's like just plain garter stitch and a really big gauge. And like, certainly you would need functional clothing, but like, I don't know, sometimes you want something that like looks a little nicer. And with the, like a lot of times the textures too, like are functional, like they make a stiffer fabric, they make it warmer, blah, blah. Um, knitting talk. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but I think these mitts are like really beautiful and it's nice to see just more style in the knitwear. Yeah. You're the, these are, if you're checking, um, the episode where they leave the Ridge, Claire has them on while she's holding Adso, but she wears them in several other episodes too. Mm. Um, but these like, what, what are those called? Arm writers gloves. Like, yeah, wrist gloves. warmers. Or like, writers gloves. They're mm-hmm. gorgeous. Um, and the pattern is very cool. Um, do you, did you notice any other knitwear that had sort of more impressive details? Um, not that I can remember. Like all of the, the modern day knits are like cable-y. Is this any better? No, like to me, that's like a play. I'm looking at a plain garter stitch shawl, which she wears all the time, which like is like, would be normal to have that. But I think just like seeing some some other like you're not wearing your like homespun dress every day sometimes yeah. you're dressing up so it's nice to see that in the knitwear and too. i i just realized we haven't mentioned the modern day stuff at all and it's also good oh well that's yeah. what i'm bringing up oh, you're um, okay, good. Yeah. Good. so i want to talk about the 80s a little bit in general but i specifically wanted to mention um roger's school teacher drag when he's wearing that season seven blue sweater and he's got his kit but it's also like a collared sweater mm-hmm. and he's got his kilt on and he's got his sporn and he's got really sharp socks and he just like I just really love that look. Yes. Um, but I also, there's a coat of Brianna's that I think all of us would wear. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> that's striped with um, reds and again with that season seven blue. Um, she has a beautiful paisley skirt that she wears with a turtleneck for her job interview that I thought was really great. Um, all of Roger's flannels. Yes. I, yeah. I want all of his all of them. Yes. Yeah. All of them. Um, Jem's school uniform is good. Mm-hmm. Um, he just looks like he's... Slightly uncomfortable and pissed about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Buck. Oh, my God. Buck's Uncle con- Buck. Buck's contemporary drag, which you will learn more about, um, is really pretty great. Uh, also, Sophie Skelton looks great in a helmet. Yes. And shout mm-hmm. out to the wig department because, man, the wigs have been great this season. Yeah, they've mm-hmm. gotten way better than they used to be. This season in particular, they were amazing. Yeah. Everyone's. Sam's, Kate's, uh Brianna's, I know, what's her name? Sophie's. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but then also all of the, all of that short hair that Roger's making work for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and shitty Rob Cameron's terrible <sighs> fucking hair. Mm-hmm. With a, he's got a little, you know, he is really um, a douchebag about his product. Yeah. Ugh. Which yeah. what you use the product that works for you. No judgment at all. Just don't be a dick about it. It kind of gives me the vibes from like George Clooney and uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm a Dapper Dan man. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there's a little bit of that going on. A little Rob Double Barrel Cameron. Yeah. That mm-hmm. fucking guy. Duh. Um. All right. Is there anything else that we want to mention specifically? No. I, I thought uh, because of where the story is taking place right now in this part of season seven, we're seeing obviously a lot of soldier drag. Oh, we, yeah. We should course. talk about the historical mm-hmm. costumes which Briefly. is all cool and you see interesting little details and stuff, but because it all reads so much as same, same, mm-hmm. like you, my eyes kind of start glossing over it a little bit. See, I know there were some details that I got really into. I loved, um, 
Simon Fraser's red coat because that he was a general, so like the mm-hmm. I don't know. He, piping was a different color. He, and on his shoulder he had epaulettes that looked like dicks. Somebody had it on the slack. It's true. I will find it. Keep going. Um I really liked uh well obviously the sexy quail costumes. Yes! Those are the kind Daniel of out, Morgan. outside of the red coat thing. Well, you'll find out, but I'm excited. It's pretty fucking funny. And it like what is the reason why those costumes are made that way? What is it what is the function that those are good clothes for snipers? Cuz it seems like they're it's too light. Like no real tree. I mean, mm. they're they are real like mm-hmm. yes. Um, let's, let's see. Rifleman uniform. Revolutionary war. An image search. I'm sure that, you know what? Someone is going to hook me up with the right source for this. Um, and I'll be able to talk about it on the live show, but I'm having a hard time finding. The rifleman Linen stuff. hunting shirt, a backcountry garment which came about in the American frontier in the years prior to the American Revolution. Um, the garment was synonymous with the American frontier. Uh, the hunting shirt was not adopted as a uniform of the Continental Army until 1776. Um, no dress can be cheaper nor more convenient as the wearer may be in cool, cool and warm weather and warm and cool weather by putting on underclothes. Mm. Um, besides which it is addressed justly supposed to carry no small terror to the enemy who thinks every person dressed so is a complete marksman. Ah. ah. As in, you can see us, bad news for you. I was going to ask what hunting shirt meant, but it's just... Hold, hold up. That's actually that really cool wear. because that's part of the idea is yeah. I'm not blending into the woods. I want you to see me before I snipe you from afar. Just so you know what we're yeah. talking about, Ruth. Yeah. Just so you know. You'll see it in... In action. Yes. But it's linen life. I, I do like to live the linen life. I, I do too. I'm living it right now. Um, I, I do as well. But yeah, it's, it's white or like cream linen with like a darker fringe all mm-hmm. around it. And Amelia called it sexy quail. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, those are the most distinct of the historical costumes we see. Um, oh, I also loved all of the, specifically the dress that Rachel wears when they're traveling, where it's like all mm-hmm. one shade of beige and she's got a giant bow at her throat and all of the layers. I really that, that bonnet too. She yeah. was serving excellent bonnet, excellent bonnet mm-hmm. face, excellent bonnet, <laughs> primo bonnet face. Uh, I couldn't find it, but yeah, please know that Simon Fraser's epaulets when he leaned over looked like a dick. You'll see him. You'll yeah. see it all, Ruth. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. all coming for you. Mm-hmm. In fact, when you do see it. Take a photo of it and send it to me. I will. So that we can use that. Uh, so we will be talking more about the costumes in the live show. Um, but for now, Ruth, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You know, we got to talk about a knitwear every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know. A knitwear. The knitwear. Some knitwear. All knitwear. All knit. All, All knitwears. All. <laughs> um, and also sexy quail costumes and hard hats. That Maybe the hard hat is the most significant costume of season seven. Mm-hmm. A, a case could be made. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and she looks good in it. Yes, yeah, she does. All right. Bye. 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 I've got an I've got a thing to open for the end reel. Oh, you do? What is it? It's a two women bitch.
Hell yeah. I'm so sad I missed camping this year. So did I, but you know what? It's going to be delicious. Yeah, it is. Um, But we're not here to talk about missing camping. Um, By complete coincidence, every week in August, because these are definitely recorded for every episode and not recorded in one fell swoop for the entire month. Um, Sure. We are here to talk about the amazing audio program that we just completed right now in this very second and then posted to the internet for your listening pleasure immediately too just no like no downtime nope just like sent it right right from from our brains to the internet <laughs> with no no stop get. amelia just follows us around with with instruments in case we need her <laughs> exactly i mean honestly that's not terribly far from the truth I agree. It really is like, you can just say, hey, Amelia, hey, Buzz, can you be here in half an hour with a recorder? And she's like, yeah, can I? (laughs) She did show up at my house last time we did this with a bag full of instruments. Oh, she did. And I gave her my Yeah, that's right. Because she did My Heart Will Go On from my kitchen, which was amazing. she is a ham who is on the loose. On the loose. She's a ham on the loose. Ah! Anyway, point is, that was a great show, wasn't it, Patty? We did great. <laughs> we did great. We always do great. And we would just like to tell you a few things so that then we can get to thanking the really great people. Yeah. So this amazing piece of content was edited by me, Julie. It was produced by Allison and Julie and other stuff by Allison. Our social media game is tight. And that's thanks to Amelia Ham on the Loose Bazell, as well as all the bad recorder covers. Love you, baby. Mean it. Our artwork <laughs> is by Laura Berrios, a.k.a. Viv Pickles. Our slag maven is Jenna Pukowski. You can find us on Facebook.com slash PodlanderCast, on Instagram at PodlanderCast. You can find all of our shit there. You can also find us at PodlanderPresents.com, where you can find all sorts of info about our high-quality content like this right here. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Pocket Casts or whatever the hell is new. I don't know. Whatever you're listening to right now. And we want to thank all of you for listening, but we especially want to thank our patrons. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast where you can support the show, join the Slack, get early episode access, and all sorts of fun bonus content. Live streams, baby. You can see so many live streams. Bitch, you could have watched us be all geared up to react to the Nuklevi and then be underwhelmed by the Nuklevi reveal in real time. What a whiff. Thanks to all of our patrons. You all make it possible for us to do all this stupid shit. You know what you're like? You're like, uh, you're like taking a shower and sliding into clean sheets. We are the Buck McKenzie of this podcasting relationship and you all are the gem and mandy smuggling us all the the chips and crisps and and combing our beard with a barbie brush and combing our beard with a barbie brush Mm -hmm. julie did you pick up on they were watching buck rogers yes I'm obsessed. Anyway, um, we want to thank all of our patrons. You are all lovely, delicate blossoms and or hardy behemoths of strength or um, sensitive souls with beautiful auras or whatever it is that's going to make you feel good because we love you and you're the best and you deserve exactly the praise you want. Mm -hmm. 
But we especially want to thank the following lovely folks who sponsor at the level where we say their name in a big fat rush at the end of every episode. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Kristen Blanton, Caitlin Gibbons, Katie the Jordi Fishwife, Mindy Newell, <laughs> Rachel Ravel, Brenda! <laughs> Allison King, Jock, JWS, Sydney Taylor, Snazzy Knack, Lisa Brienne, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Emily Day, Betsy. You know what? It's been a while since we've told it. It's been a while since we've told a Lauren Tennant is not related to David Tennant joke. So I just want to say once again for the record that Lauren Tennant, not. Not related. Not related to David Tennant. Not related. Unless she is, in which case, thank you for respecting his privacy. Um Celebrities need love too. Kelsey Kemp, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Jen Collins, Tina Barnett, Nicole Rodriguez, Kristen Freckled Fury. Liz and Tinkerbell, Terry Welch, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smith, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Kelly Mazella, Chantel Salters, Tara Lakino, Viv Pickles, aka Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit. Jenna Bukowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Carol Marlowe, Trish McCrary, Julie DeToy, Jen Lynn, Cannabon, Amanda Newton, Elizabeth Young, and Kiki. The, the wise. wise. Stay tuned, bitches, for a mid-season finale live show announcement sometime soonish. We're, we're not in any great rush. The show's not back until next year, y'all. We're not in a hurry to make sure that we get y'all down to the Oasis. Make to get you all to slip on down to the oasis. Um, <laughs> but keep an keep your an eye peeled, an ear pricked, um, a psychic connection with your baby sister open and flowing to uh, find out about more fun stuff you can do with us. In the meantime, we're gonna go back to drinking our bevs and loving you all. See ya. Hi, folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about twenty five seconds. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I have a word? The radio is talking to me. Really, big monster? Zero irony. We're surrounded by cavemen. What the hell is that? Because you're having a cigarette in 415 million BC. Where are we? Space. Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava. Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app or just go to weopenat6.com.